Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the Up With The Bonnets podcast, which is brought to you by Unicorn Cleaning Services. We have to give a wee, what would you say, Paul? Do we have to apologise to Danielle, especially her daughter? I don't. You oh, do. We're in this together. <laughs> yeah, we probably do, actually, yeah. It's as official. A, as, as a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's official. You're no jinx anymore. Definitely not, Daniel. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> as per, if you want to see Daniel's website, Unicorn Cleaning Services, it's the bios in the, our bio. It's a, You can go and visit it there and online, uh, Facebook, and I don't think you're on Twitter or that, so, well, just Facebook then. Um, but yeah, I do apologise. You're no jinx. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Daniel. <laughs> well, here, let's kick off a good pod by speaking about what happened Thursday night, Paul. The manager's night, the big extravaganza happening in Dundee, hosted by two chumps, me and you. Where do you start? Where do you start? Honestly. Um, Still buzzing. Honestly, see, like... Even just thinking about wee snippets of the night or wee conversations, man, I'm still absolutely buzzing. Like, mm-hmm. it started off me and Paul met up, had a wee wandered into the Hilton um, the hotel to meet all the managers. And Stephen, that does the events 105, was like, phoned me and says, Look, I've got to go to the venue. When you go across there, make sure, that, make sure they're across at the venue for quarter past six. And you tried to tell an Archie and Oxygen Duffy and Rab Douglas that they've got to leave a pub for quarter past six. And it was me that I had to do it. I was shite myself. I forgot about that. <laughs> it was... Paul, what, what was it? It was like the... You ever saw Kevin and Perry go large? Yeah. Kind of when the when Kevin's mate meets the parents and he puts on the, oh, hello, hello, Mrs. and Mr. Whatever the name was. That's what I was like. Oh, hi, Jim, Jim, uh, Rab, could you maybe uh, come across to the venue? And Rab was like... Well, what time we got to be there? I went quarter past six. He's like, no, it's 20 past. I was like, oh, what oh, is it? Oh, we better go then. <laughs> that was exactly it. Yeah. I just remember, I just remember when Davy Craig just like going to you, on you go then, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> and I just seen your hand going on Jim Duffy's back and then leaning over on the table. All right, guys, uh, we need to, uh, uh, all right, guys, we need to go. <laughs> and I was just standing there like, holy shit. Because I just remember when we turned up to the table, and they were like, do you want a beer? And I was like, nah, I'm going to kind of stay, you know, I'm going to stay off it. And then when I got to the table and i just seen Archie, and Archie just kind of like looked at you like one of the locals in a pub that's just like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and he was really intimidating. I was like, holy shit, give me a, give me a beer now. <laughs> um, but then... You know, once we walked into the place and then got mingling with them and had a blether with them, they couldn't have been, they couldn't have been any better. No. They, they generally couldn't have been. I don't know people will go, oh, yeah, these are gentlemen and all that, but these guys were proper, absolutely proper gentlemen. And they're shaking your hand, they were speaking to you, asking, just even asking, how's it going? Mm-hmm. You know, how are you feeling about the night? It was just, see, for me as a fan, it was just, Wow, honestly, yeah. wow, once in a lifetime it felt like. Even saying to them, like, first time ever doing this, by the way, I think we've mm-hmm. done about 18 podcasts and that's it, and this is us in the way they go on stage and speak in front of a couple hundred people. And, like, they were like, don't worry about it, just ask the questions, you'll be fine. Um, 
and they were they helped us more than we helped them. I definitely, they definitely did. Um, I just, I mind being, you know, obviously before we went on, you know, all the, all the you know, the fans were there mingling, and then the fans were right, okay, go and sit down, and it was just us and the managers, and um, I just. I remember going up to like Jockey and Archie and just going, uh, look guys, can we just get this awkwardness out the road? Is it okay if I get you to sign my book, you know, once we're done and dusted? Because I had their autobiographies and the pair of them were just like, I no bother, son. No bother. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> it was uh, fucking brilliant. You had, you had books getting autographed and you also were swagging out your autograph book. Oh, too right. Like I said, I, I grasped this opportunity with both hands, man. I went to the, I was just, I remember walking through the, I was walking through the Wellgate and I was like, where am I going to get an autograph book from? So I just went to the works and had a wee sketchbook. It was like two quid. I was like, I'll do. <laughs> I'll do nicely. And they all signed it. And it was just, like I've said before, and I think I've probably said it on other podcasts, you hear all these stories from fans and whatnot, but. Like the main thing for me was hearing these stories from the guys that were present when those stories were happening and see to be able to actually sit on the stage with them and put the question to them and then hearing the answer back was just, like I said, I'm still buzzing eh? still buzzing. My initial feelings were, why the fuck put us in charge of this? (laughs) What are they thinking? (laughs) Like, I mean, but see the thing, Danny, right? I mean... There was, yeah, it's the first time we've ever done something like this. We'd prepared like mad. We'd maybe overthought things too much. You know, the laptop malfunctioned, all that. You know, you spent all that time, you know, putting all these, you know, images and that together and that. But but we still did it. Mm-hmm. We still overcame, you know, the nerves, the malfunctioning laptop. You know, folk, there were some, some folk moaning in the crowd, but we overcame <laughs> it and we did really well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to... Well, who's going to blow a trumpet? You can only blow your own trumpet, you know what I mean? <laughs> that feeling of when I walked on the stage, me and you, 12 bottles in each hand. <laughs> <laughs> so professional. And then Stuart gave me the mic. No, we walked on the stage, Stuart walked off, and we never had a mic, so I got Stuart's mic. And then before before I went on stage, I said to you, then I worry about Paul. I'll take care of that, bro. You, you just get actually knocks it. Walk out there, see how the faces looking, and my mind went total blank. And I'm like, oh, yeah, fucker, what am I going to say here? I don't even and remember that at all. I, I, I stumbled. I think the first couple of like lines that I was going to say, I totally stumbled. And I made a joke about uh, one person leaving a review about the post as being mediocre, and this is what you're in for, for the night. And nobody laughed or said nothing, and I thought... They actually think that they're going to get a mediocre night here, aren't they? <laughs> but then once you said that, it goes like, ah, thanks for the review, Dad. And then yeah. they got a couple of laughs. I mean, maybe not laughs, it's what we would call a guffaw. It was kind of like, oh. <laughs> 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 But then I then made a joke about, like, was it 841 games, um, games managed by these managers through the time at Dents and not one major trophy won. And that kind of broke, that kind of got that ice broke for me, and I was like, oh, "Yeah, we'll be fine, we'll be fine." Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got them all out, and it, it was fantastic. Uh, Duffy came out guns blazing, didn't he? He was. Um, it's when he went on about the the cost of winter, 
because obviously bef- <laughs> before Duffy was second last before Smith and he looked down the line for anybody that wasn't there, he looked down the line, saw Archie, Jockey and Stenrod and was like, this winter could be a tough one to see who's going to go first. <laughs> I didn't but, even mind that. I didn't you know, even mind that. No. <laughs> well, he's he said it, and because obviously <laughs> Duffy's had health problems last year, I kind of yep. made the joke of saying, "Fuck Duffy, you'll be the first thing to go." <laughs> Mate, and bear in mind, we brought two beers on the stage. We'd have probably only had about two before it as well, and we never drank those ones on the stage. I didn't remember that. Like, I you know, nah. He was laughing. I he think was I laughing. was just pure buzzing at the fact that Jim fucking Duffy sat next to us, and I'm kind of like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he he was excellent, and then he was brilliant. It's when I was asking him questions, and he asked, kind of was about the Scottish Cup and all that, and the League Cup final, and I then mentioned, well, my next question, follow up question, was going to be about like taking Dundee into Europe. But then he went on about going into Europe. Mm-hmm. And then when he finished, finished that, speaking about that, I jokingly was like, oh, you stole my question. And he just saw the opportunity to fucking rip me apart, did he? Yep. Oh, man. I was like... You're meant to be the podcaster, Danny. I was like, what did I do here? <laughs> what the, the only thing I was able to do was try to save a little bit of like, face was to say... Ah, well, that's you done. I'll just get the, the, the next manager out. <laughs> yeah. I got to pack this stuff out. And then I made a wee joke at the end when um, I was saying, I think, Smith, you're the only manager here that's managing now. And I looked down the line at Duffy and was like, ah, you've been sacked a good few times, eh, boy? <laughs> and then, oh. he proceeded, then he proceeded to be like, I've still got the mic to remember. And I'm like, ah, fuck. <laughs> oh, the, way, the way I remember it was, I'm sure he had a wee, I'm sure he had a wee jibe, but then you were like, oh, oh well. Jim, at least I've not been sacked for Dundee three times. <laughs> or it was something like that. <laughs> I just remember, like, I just felt like I'm in Jim's corner, like. <laughs> we, we, everybody else. It was only me and everybody else. <laughs> I was in, I was in Big Duffy's corner, like, 100%. <laughs> but he came, he, he said to me, I was good, again, he was like, I really enjoyed that. Cheers for that. And I was speaking away to him, and I was like, on, I'll get your number and get you onto the podcast. And he was like, no problem at all. Just like Ken. Just part of that, not no, the act, but it's just the whole giving the fans something, wasn't it? And Gotta it give was... the people what they want. That's what it is. And hand them ass to me was what he gave them. Oh, he certainly <laughs> did. But what did you say when we came off the stage, Danny? And we just... <laughs> I don't even know if you <laughs> remember it. But when we came <laughs> off the stage after speaking to people and having a chin wag and that, and um, actually having chats with folk that were blethered to on Twitter and never met before and that, it was brilliant. Um, but then when we went off to the, you know, through those doors, the first thing you said to me was, I'm going to fucking have that, Duffy. And I was kind of like, what? And then you were, hey. <laughs> I was honestly, mate, I, th- I thought you were waiting. <laughs> I thought you were in the ground, like. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I said to you was, I thought I was going to have to batter him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. oh. He would absolutely annihilate me. I was picturing your funeral, like... <laughs> Aye. And Duffy pissing on my grave. Oh, it. He'd be dancing all over it, like... <laughs> nah, but it was just... Like like we were saying, you know, about how supportive they were in that, and, like, it, you know, getting... You obviously, right, Paul, get the first manager out, get Archie out, and my hand was shaking. Like, I, I was pure vibrating with that fucking card, and eventually got the words out, and then Archie came on stage, and... Like I said, he shook my hand and we're like, ah, good intro, son. 
Mm-hmm. And I was that was me. Like I was just like I was just like it says, it was just a pure blur after mm-hmm. that. But being after it, you know, we got a good blather with a man walking about with my autograph book and whatever, like a total virgin. Um <laughs> <laughs> but um then Simon Stainrod. He wasn't my hero, but he's like an absolute hero of mine now. Like he yeah. couldn't have been he couldn't have been any better. He couldn't have been. Class act. Absolute class act. He got in at what was it? Three o'clock in the morning. Three in the morning. And, and he was up right up till what was it, twelve. Um, fair play to him, but he was going around speaking to everybody and he stayed mm-hmm. back. He was the last manager up in the VIP but yep. speaking to us. Tremendous, absolutely. He's another one that says he's going to come onto the pod as well, and Brilliant. he's he's got so many stories to tell. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be absolutely. I'll not be. I'll, we'll have to plan him and Duffy out because it's going to be a good couple of hours long, definitely. Easy. At least it won't be four and a half hours long. Oof. Anyway, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, Stainrod. He was just. I don't think his wife was too happy though. <laughs> Wife and her mate, they were like, uh, Simone, Simone. Uh, yeah, I think... that, right. <laughs> Go to the toilet. <laughs> and then he was, I think they were wanting food as well. But yeah. this time, the place was serving. I'm like, Istanbul, you doing the road there? That's a good kebab. Corfu, man. Corfu. No, no. Nah, he was just, he, like I said in my tweet, you know, you couldn't have been, that's the main word for me, like, they were so supportive and they were like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, good luck with the podcast, you know, they were just, they were, mm-hmm. they were brilliant. I mean, to be fair, we probably could have been really, really shite, but they made us feel really, really good. Yeah, <laughs> hey, that's it. Well, for you they did, maybe. Not for me, we Duffy, but... Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I said, I'm in Duffy's corner. Like that, the game is true. He, he came right oh, oh, across to me right at the end and shook my hand. He was like, I enjoyed that and everything. So he must have just been wanting to slag somebody, and it was me that that was going to get it. Oh well. But, but like you say, and, <laughs> thankfully it wasn't me. <laughs> that I shot myself. <laughs> What's to say? I never. <laughs> well, you. But uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but. <laughs> Archie as well. Archie came across a good few times. Got that well done first time. Enjoyed that. And then Jockey as well. Um, speaking of Smith, all of them were fantastic. All of them were fantastic. Oh, uh, all of them. You couldn't, like say, know that you would say there was any bad guess, but actually wasn't it? There was nobody that was, was difficult that, that, that had answers for everything you had to ask them. Mm-hmm. They had an answer. It was a great night and honestly I apologise now because we were going to record it and put it on a podcast but um, that, that never happened so um, just, uh, just out with what, what we were able that. to do yeah got to yeah. do that got to um, for the folk who were there you know everybody seemed to have a great night you know people like I said folk were coming up to me and having a blather and that and you know saying what a great night that they had as well and you know even the the messages on, you know, Twitter. I haven't seen them on uh, Facebook. I mean, Facebook. Um, so, I'd, I'd, but everybody's been really supportive, like. And I, I know I sound like a broken record, like, but they have been. It's been great. Heads yeah. like that. Heads massive. I'm, walking, <laughs> I'm swaggering about the town, and I feel like going. Do you know Ken? Why I am. <laughs> <laughs> Next stop, Hollywood. <laughs> oh, what? Here we go. <laughs> nah, it was but, brilliant. Yeah, but I just say thanks to all the. The people that 
supported us for this and their kind messages before and after and people who came to the event as well. It's a first Thursday night isn't up everybody's uh alley and it's never like it's not an ideal day for a lot of people, but like you say, just under shy a couple of hundred people were at that event. Really? Everybody everybody had a great time and can't thank you, especially because the event only got really announced a couple of months ago. So mm-hmm. there's not it's not been like a long sell you can put an event on and say, This is happening in six months' time. But no, we've not had that. But we've managed to do well. Stephen's done brilliant work, events one of five, he's done brilliant getting getting out there. So I'd like to thank Stephen again for having us on. And also the DSA, uh Davy Craig, top bloke, had plenty of beers with him after as well. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um Tim, the thing was there seemed to be like a lot of people there that were that have kind of been in and around Dundee for a number of years. Like mm-hmm. so you've obviously Davy Craig, um there was Steve Borland as well. Mm-hmm. Boy, he does the badges and that. Um, and they were all coming up to him and wishing with the best, you know, like, right, good luck, guys, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll smash it, you know. And obviously, Cammy Sweeney there, you know, mm-hmm. shaking my hand, taking a blather and that, we were shitting myself. Well, Sweeney, anyway. Um, <laughs> I mean, I was shitting myself, but anyway. Uh, but it was great, you know, these guys all in and around Dundee, and it was just, it was, it was just a great occasion. You know, mm-hmm. it really was. It really was, and hopefully there's more. Hopefully there's more. You never know. Two two schmucks like us might get a second gig. You never know. Mokes. <laughs> and obviously, speaking of what the managers do, there was somebody else that was on stage to introduce us and also get us off the stage as quickly as possible. Uh, Stuart, Stuart Brand, the stadium announcer from Dundee. Stuart, how are you doing? Good, Danny. How are you? Paul? Hi, how are you doing? Great. Tell you what, boys, for, for considering you've never done anything like that before, I thought you two you did an excellent job on, on Thursday night, and it was turned out to be a great night. So, well done. Here's to the next one, because I thought you'd done a, a grand job. Really well. Really well done. Because if you were shy, I would have told you, but no, you were good. So. <laughs> I appreciate that, Stuart. Uh... Just wait till we stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> but Stuart, well, before I speak about yourself, you, you went to the game yesterday, didn't you? Um, yeah, you were at the, the hospitality. <laughs> we, um, about three years ago, we, we went to Partick and we had someone we called the Jolly Boys out and, and it was the guys who worked sort of behind the scenes. So it was uh, Chris Campbell, uh, Jim McBurney, Steve Heron, these guys, and Derek Gerrard, who does the photography, Billy Shepard, who does my mascot. So we did that, um, and we did that um, about three years ago. Had a great time, so we decided to expand it. Um, as, as I told you the other day, I've obviously got a bus company. We've got a 16-seat bus. It's got a fridge and ice buckets and all the mod cons, you know. So we decided to take the 16 of us through to uh, hospitality yesterday. But five dark blues were there and so were Glasgow D's. So there was actually 36 of us there all together. Um, so it was it was, it was was fantastic. Eh? So I had too much to drink. And um, the game started and I'm sitting there with five minutes to go to half time going, oh no, what am I going to say? What am I going to, because I knew it was coming on the pod and I thought, what am I going to say? Because how can I talk about that first half performance and basically not get sacked for days? Um, so I sat all the way through half time thinking, how can I put a positive spin on this? Well, I suppose they only had two shots on goal and, but then luckily made the substitutions at half time. Different team came out in the second half, were absolutely immense, um, got a great victory. I thought, 
Max Anderson probably played the best 45 minutes in the Dundee shirt this year. Um, brilliant. And um, that's fine. So we can, we can talk about the game in a, in a very positive light now. And I was delighted to see how pleased everybody was at the end as well, especially Boyer. He was going nuts. So it was good, very good to see. You know? <laughs> how was it back in the hospitality room just after the game? Because were you mixing in with the Fissel fans as well? Well, they put the three Dundee tables up one end. So it was quite a lot of quite a lot of uh, noise from our bit, and it was quite quiet and the rest. But you know what? A lot of the Partick Thistle fans came over and shook their hands and said, "Well done, you guys wanted it more." Um, really, really nice people. The, the hospitality was was outstanding, and the uh, the guy who does the lounges was really good, really good. <laughs> a lot better than me, um, <laughs> actually. It's- well, it's good when you go to these places because you can learn stuff from people, um, and 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 it's good. It was good to see, um, but no, just had a had a had a great time. Um, glasses were full the whole day, and I think we're back there on March the eighteenth, and we're thinking about doing it again. So uh, that's how good it was. It was fantastic. Yeah, very good. I was well, it's to- like me and Danny down then. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll do that. <laughs> you came for that. <laughs> Well, I've already got one that's pulled out, so there you go. So one of you will get. Just yep. That's Paul already got his fingers in that pie. That's it. <laughs> Paul, I was saying to Stuart just before we came on the post, uh, before he came on the pod, that uh, um, my neighbour texted me and he was uh, going on about that boy Stuart. See, did you mention he was on your podcast on Sunday? And I was like, aye. I says, aye, he's knocking back the Glavers and uh, what was it again? Glaver and Bailey's. Glavers and Bailey's, uh, yeah, yeah. What, at the same time? Called ball bags, at the same time. Supposedly. <laughs> at the same time, yeah. Never give it a try, honestly. They're called ball bags. They're really oh, good, no. honestly. <laughs> Sounds like that baby Guinness stuff. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, it's just anything, anything goes yesterday. And I think they were trying to get us drunk to. I don't know, quieting us down a wee bit, but you know, I know it was a really good day, fantastic, and the result just just made the whole thing. It was fantastic. Brilliant. Well, Stuart, I've got you on to speak about, like, well, you've been a stadium announcer for Dundee. Um, like, it's been a well, how many years have you done that for? It's been a long time, isn't it? Well, twelve years. I, I did have one year where I, I wasn't meant to be doing it, and I, I came back and I did a couple of games because when Neil was on holiday. Um, but yeah, it's kind of been on and off for the last twelve years, pretty much. So uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it was meant to be one game. <laughs> um, it's just turned out. It's just been like the, the longest, the longest one 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 off gig ever. You know, <laughs> made such a good impression. They just couldn't get rid of you. <laughs> well, the, the the way it came about was I, I used to sort of do the DJing occasionally. There's a guy called Bruce Wamond used to do the DJing, and he asked me to step in for him every now and again. And when I was doing it, Jim Thompson always used to come up to me and say, "Your voice is really clear. I can hear you a lot clearer than 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 Bruce over the microphone." But me and Bruce just we talk in different ways. I've got a higher voice than Bruce. Bruce put more bass on it, whatever, and. He, he just basically said, um, you're, you're really clear. Um, on the back of that, I ended up um, <laughs> becoming the, the, the branch manager of Barclays Bank in Dundee. And um, Dundee banked with us and used to come in for their float on a Friday. So I used to talk to Jim and Elsa when they came in. And um, they came in one day and told me that they'd gone into administration and that Neil had been made redundant. And so they needed somebody to stand in for one week. And that was the the guy. The kind of, so next thing, I'm, I'm standing in the centre circle with Stuart Murphy, who I've known for about 40 years, the chairman on one side, Tommy Coyne waving a red card about like a lunatic on the other side. 
and I'm thinking, how, how did this come about, you know? So, um, yeah, so the bizarre thing is when Dundee went into administration, for a few weeks I was their, their bank manager and their stadium house service. <laughs> <laughs> But that was it. So, the, unfortunately, because Neil had been made redundant, he couldn't come back. He, he couldn't be seen working for the club, even though he would have been doing it as a volunteer. It, it wouldn't have reflected well. So um, they, they asked me just to stand in for the rest of the season. And at the end of the season, they just asked me to carry on. And I did that. And then um, Stevie Flight changed. He was a commercial manager at the time. And he changed the way they did the lounges. And instead of taking the players around the tables, which I never ever thought was a good idea, because if if you take people over a table and your team's just been beat and that boy's not had a good game, that there, there, there's so many people will just turn around and say, ah, you were shite today. And what happens is if you interview the players sort of at the front, then they would have to get up from their seat and come over and do that. And, mm. and 99 times out of 100, they don't. And um, and that just made things a lot more professional. So Stevie went on holiday for three weeks, for two weeks, and we had three games, and I got asked to step in for that, and I did that. And then unfortunately, a few weeks after that, um, Steve and the club um, part of the company, and I just got asked to carry on, and I did. And then we, then I got asked to do the sponsors lounge, and so yeah, it's just I've I've never applied for anything, I've never wanted to do anything. I just get asked, can you help? Yeah, can you help? Yeah. Oh, you're good at that. You can stand in and carry on so it's just um and 12 years later we're still still here so uh right man in the right place that's what it is yeah that's what <laughs> that's it sounds it, like yeah, yeah exactly. definitely definitely <laughs> so talk us through your day then Stuart when you go into dens in the morning or afternoon whenever the hospitality lads are with the pile in lads and lasses um lads and lasses yeah, yeah. <laughs> well normally what happens is we um i'm there usually Depending if we've got a match sponsor, I'm usually there about 12.30. Meet them in the boardroom, give them a wee talk, tell them about the history, some of the artefacts that's in the boardroom, um, tell them some stories. And then we take them out in the pitch to get the photograph taken in the dugout. They then get the photograph taken beside the advertising board. We then take them along to the Alec Hamilton Lounge and we give them another introduction, introduce them to their servers for the day, for the food and, and, and their, their, their beverage. Um, we then... Um, I then go along to the Legends Lounge and I do the welcome in the Legends Lounge. So just welcome everybody to the game, tell them a wee few facts about the game, give them uh, look up uh, the Dundee Archive, which is where I get all my information. Yes. And um, <laughs> look, up, look up, um, tell them, like, it, games that have gone on in the past, just talk about that. Tell two or three usually horrific jokes, uh, which very occasionally get a laugh. And, tell them um, no, <laughs> <laughs> you can take that trust me. Um, so we um, we do that, and then I tell them the players. I normally get a list of the players I'm getting um, well in advance, and then right at the end of the game, it usually changes. Um, but no, I, I tell them I just basically set their day out for them. Go back in at two o'clock, read out the teams, do the birthdays, any announcements and stuff, and then about quarter past twenty past two, usually have a legend in as well. So. Uh, last game it was Barry Smith. The game before that was Rab Shannon. So just do basically what you guys did at the at the uh, Fat Sam's the other night. Just talk away to them, get some answers out of them. Um, that's it. Then I don't go into lounges at half time because I've got the the half time draw. Oh, then sorry, then I start to do my announcing at the game. Um, do the half time draw. Um, then do the second half, 
and at the end of the game, interview two players that are sort of chosen. It's usually um, one of the local guys and, and somebody else as well, you know. So it's uh, yeah, just I mean, there's times they'll turn around and say, right, you're getting you're getting Zach and Josh this week, and then Zach gets somebody at half time and Josh doesn't get a game, and then you're like, oh. You're, you're actually getting uh, Adam Legsons and Kami, so you've, you've set out your questions, you know, for the first minute chain. But you mean, when you've been doing it that long, you, you, you've kind of got a wee sort of list of questions that you can use for most people, you know. Uh, it's, it can be annoying, you know, when you've, you, you've researched like all about Tyler French and then he doesn't come in. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I can ask Kami, so how did you find playing for Wrexham last year? <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, no, but it's, it's, it's good fun and we always make it light-hearted. We always have a, a throwaway question at the end just to kind of lighten the mood. And, and regardless, I mean, we've had two or three tankings at Dens over the years at, at home and we've taken the players in and we've always left it on good terms because I, I'm there to try and make the players look as good as they possibly can be, as friendly as they can be, and just to have a chat. And, and most fans are, are really positive and really good. I think I've had... One incident in 12 years where somebody said something they shouldn't have. And um, <laughs> luckily for me, Paul McGowan was beside me at the time and he growled <laughs> at the button. <laughs> the point disappeared, so it was, it was quite good, you know. So. Why would you want to misbehave when Paul McGowan's there? I, I don't have no idea. <laughs> I wouldn't. I, wouldn't. I, I don't think, yeah, think he realised he was there or, or I don't think he realised Paul uh, Paul was listening, you know, but he, he made a wee comment to Mark O'Hara at the time and... and and Gowser just growled at him and the boy just disappeared. It was, it was brilliant, you know. So and that was the thing. Like, see, when, see when we used to lose quite heavily, the managers would always send Gowser along because you could tell you could tell by Gowser's demeanour that he was always he was more I mean the fans were pissed off, but Gowser was fifty times more pissed mm. off and you could see it and you could almost feel the hurt coming out of him that we'd been beat because Gowser's just such a winner. Mm. And um and, and it was kind of like, well, you boys might be a wee bit annoyed, but I'm, because he was so pissed off about it, he, he kind of calmed everybody down, you know. And, and they, he, he managed to get across the feelings of the players, what they're like when they lose. Because I know that you hear people saying, ah, oh, they don't care. Trust me, they, they do. Because trying to get an interview, trying to get answers out of them after the game sometimes can just be, can, can be quite difficult because they're just so fed up with what's happened, mm-hmm. you know. It's, it's uh, yeah. All part of the art, I suppose. Eh? Aye, true. Um, but going before, ask you like probably the best after event that you've had, like the best guests that you've had in players, like atmosphere or whatever. Has there only been any players that have been in that have, it's been a tough one, like they've maybe bombed in front of the fans? No, there there was one player um, once upon a time who, and I'll not mention his name, but he's no longer at the club and hasn't been for quite a at a time and for a wee while he was refusing to do interviews in the lounges and he got told one day he had to do them and um, I walked along the corridor with him and he turned around to me and he went I'm going to wait to give you the worst interview you've ever had and I turned around to him, I turned around to him and I said well it'll not be any difference because most of the other times you've been shite as well <laughs> and, and it just completely changed the atmosphere he went from being the stroppy little boy to oh, wait a minute I've just been told off and we went to the lounges and I was fully prepared to turn around to the guy. And if he wasn't going to answer questions, I was going to say, I was going to give him the full. So these guys have come here today and they've paid money to, to, and you can't even take your time. And I was going to actually like tell him just to leave mm-hmm. the lounges. I, I would have done, and I know I would have got into trouble for it, but I just, I, it's very important that these guys realise these guys are paying top dollar 
um, to, to the least these guys can do is come along and, and, and talk to the mm-hmm. fans. And this guy, but I mean, the, the, the fair play to him, he was absolutely fine. But I think I, I nipped it in the bud before we even started by saying that to him, you know. So, um, yeah, and I'll tell you who it is when we're off. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I might have been at that hospitality, but I'll not say the name either. Um, it was, one of, it was yeah. one of those where you were sitting there thinking, he's not really in the mood today, is he? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, when, when, when we get beat, the, the, some of the players can be a little bit, and understandable, I mean, I, I know what I was like when I played sport and I got beat. I like, didn't talk, I mean, I know what I'm like when Dundee get beat. <laughs> didn't talk to me for two or three hours mm-hmm. after it, because, and so you can imagine what they're like as well. But I mean, the, you know, the, the, they've all been, been gentlemen. I've only really had one sort of fallout over the years, and, and that was, a, a bit of an accident. That was um, we were in the lounges, and Jackie Robertson used to do this um, article for the for the um, program, and she would interview a player, and she happened to interview Scott Bain that week, and Scott got asked this question, and it said, "If you were to invite four people to a dinner party, who would it be?" And he said, um, "Something like I don't know, Muhammad Ali, Martin Luther King, Lorraine the Kit Lady." And then he said, Kevin Thompson's wife for a wee bit of glamour. <laughs> and I went, I went, okay, fair enough. So we just left that. So obviously I'd read that and I thought it was quite funny. And I brought it up during the interview. So we're having a wee bit of a laugh about it. And um, I always ask the throwaway question at the end. And I said, so Scott, what do you like to do in your spare time? And somebody from the crowd shouted, Kevin Thompson's wife. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, <laughs> Now, nothing to do with me, but I, I just thought I was a brilliant line, and I started laughing. I looked at Kevin. Kevin was raging, right? No wonder. And, I mean, <laughs> I, he was, you know what? It, it, it was, it was just a throwaway line, and um, I don't think Kevin was very happy about it. But again, it, nothing to do with me. <laughs> I mean, it was just somebody shouted it randomly from the crowd, but it was just such a brilliant answer that I just, I just lost it laughing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, so that was it but um, no that's the only time that things got a little bit most of the time I mean all the other times it, it does go well because you get to know the players over the years and you, you talk to them when they're out injured and you find out a little bit about them and you, you, I think after a while they realise I'm not I'm not a journalist I'm not there to pick up on them I'm not there to, um, I'm not there to pick up on them I'm not, I'm not there to um, dig like, up dirt or something like that yeah Mm. Yeah, I'm not there. I'm not there. Uh, I, I just want them to look as good as possible. So they always get asked easy questions. So, oh, very good. That's uh, that's some show for the boy in the crowd, though. That's that's incredible. <laughs> Everybody that's listening is probably like googling Kevin Thompson's wife right now. Yeah, <laughs> cool. yeah. you listening? I'm doing it right now. <laughs> It was about a year. It was about a year before he, he. I think he spoke to me properly after that. But again, it was not. It wasn't someone I did. It was just some someone that somebody shouted out. But I, I, I don't. He didn't take it very well. But hey, that's uh, that's life. I can understand him being annoyed. But mm-hmm. what about the best guest you've ever had, like legend wise? Let's give the best performance after a game or during the game. Uh, you know when you're hey, the legends um, going about the place. As a somebody that's just knocked out of the park that you've just had to stand back and just thought, there you go, you're doing my job for me. Well, there's actually two two that stand out. Um, because I was thinking about this. One of them um, was Simon Simon Ferry. Yeah. Right now, I cannot repeat a single word he said during that interview. 
And we actually had to stop it and tell people to stop recording it because he just, it was just, his interview was, he, we were talking about things and he was giving out answers like, you know, normally footballers will give glib answers and you'll say, so who's the worst manager you've ever had? And they'll say, oh, well, I've learned from all my managers. <laughs> yeah. and you know, they always kind of give like a politician's mm. answer. And he was like that. No, it was him, and he was a he was a he was a fucking idiot, and him, and he did this and he did that, and and uh, and he was talking about some of the answers. It was just like I actually stopped. I said, "You can't say that, Simon. You need to stop." Like you know, but the place was an absolute uproar. It was it was brilliant, but probably the most interesting one was I don't know how this happened, but after one of the games, um, we had Jockey Scott and Craig Brown together. Uh, in the lounges, so we're asking them questions, and it was it was quite good because they were they both had different ideas on things, and it was quite good. So you'd, you'd ask Craig the question, and Craig would give an answer, and Jockey would basically go, "Nah, that's a lot of shit, Craig. This is the answer, you know." And the two of them bounced off each other really well, you know. Obviously, they've known each other for for fifty odd years or sixty years or whatever, you know. And, and it just um, it, that was brilliant to have those two legends talking about football because I, I could sit and listen to people talking about football. Um, and as I said to you before, nobody wants to hear what I've got to say. All they want to do is hear what their heroes are saying. And whether it's a legend or whether it's a player after the game, it's the shortest possible question and then just stand back and mm-hmm. let them in the crowd. That's, that's, that's what it's all about because they're, they're there to see them. They're not there to see me, you know. Before the manager's event, when we're upstairs speaking, uh, Jockey came past. And I've spoke to Jockey a good few times since because I've done the podcast for him. And he, um, he just popped his head over to me and Paul. I think Paul's sitting there at the time. And he was like, what kind of questions you've got? What kind of questions have you got, like Daniel? And I was like, ah, I've got a few. He went, just make sure they're fucking easy ones then, eh, to answer. <laughs> and just walked away. <laughs> I thought he was a, I thought he was so intimidating, eh? I really did. Eh? But then no, he just had a wee, he, he, he had a wee yeah, he had a look that just looked right through you. But then he just had a wee smirk on him, and you were just like, ah, he's all right. Yeah. <laughs> I was shaking myself getting him to sign my, my his autobiography. I was like, here, uh, jockey, can you any chance? And he was like, ah, no bother, Paul. Best wish. He was brilliant. They were all brilliant. Absolutely He's got a heart of gold. Some of the stories he comes out with, and with Gordon Wallace, and, mm. and I mean, I think we've we've had so many of the boys for the sixty one, sixty two team right the way through to the sixties, the seventies. Like Bobby Wilson, good interview. Brian Irvin's a very good interview mm. as well. Um, and just right the way through. I mean, it's just Robert Douglas is always always great, and you know, there's. So fortunate to, to to do what I do and to get the chance to meet these people and yeah, um, talk away to them and it's just it's just great. I'm so lucky that that um, I got us to stand in for one week. You know, <laughs> what's what's yeah. the one player that you were? It's probably the most memorable player that you've met that you were awestruck. Um, I was at the 120th anniversary dinner and um, that was the one that was meant to be in the Malmaison. Um, Malmaison's where Dundee was formed, is it? I think um, back in the day, and um, it got changed to St Andrews at the last minute. And I got asked if I would go on stage and interview Gavin Ray, and then Tommy Coyne and Keith Wright. Now, my my three Dundee heroes growing up were Tommy Coyne, Keith Wright, and Jim Duffy, and um, I, I I ended up at a table, and I had Jim Duffy on one side of me and Tommy Coyne at the other side of me, and that's I was with them the whole night, and it was just like. 
I just went home and I just lay awake for about two hours going, did that really happen tonight? You know, I just, that's probably, and I mean, I've, I've, I've been at Johnny about trying to get like Tommy Coyne mm-hmm. and Keith Wright down. And um, I think we're going to, I think we're going to speak to Stevie about getting some kind of night organized with them as well. See what we can mm-hmm. do, you know, because there, there, there's so many people's heroes at, at Dens, you know, and uh, such a good team. And, um, but that night was just, just sitting with them and just listening to all the stories and they were just, Absolute gentleman, really brilliant guy. That's one thing. After doing the jockey podcast, I had a good few people message me saying we should be getting boys like us into the into the lounges to speak to people and all that. And um, one boy was like, "I'm not too sure how much clout you've got in the club." And I've got absolutely no clout to be honest. But, um, <laughs> but I was like, hey, "I'd be like, like yourself. You would absolutely love to have jockey there every couple of weeks and uh, some of the names kicking about like that that you can get in and um, just mm-hmm. get speaking to the fans and like you say, they would all love them and they wouldn't have to speak about the game regardless of the result. They'd be speaking yep. about yeah. the career and what they did for Dundee. No, what what we do is, as, as I say, we we we'll have the legends interview normally, and um, Johnny normally sorts something out and get and get somebody in to, to to to. So the other week when Rab Shannon was on, Jockey was actually there. Jockey was actually in in the in the crowd, but he was with people, and I didn't want to sort of drag mm-hmm. him out and interview him. I already had Rab lined up as well, you know. So I, I if there's more than one legend in, in the lounge, and that does happen quite a lot, I usually just stick to mm-hmm. the one because unless it's it's Glennie and uh, Bobby Glennie, Scrimmy, um, and he's got a wee crowd in there. And I just give them the mics and they just carry on and slag each other, basically. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're really good together. Eh? The, the, the Allison used to run breakfasts where you would meet these guys and they would tell other stories and stuff. And they're, they're fantastic. But I just let them get on with it. And I let Bobby, Bobby run it because he's, he's really good at, at, at getting the stories out with the guys, you know, because he kind of knows the stories he wants, you know, you know, so. He he knows what to say and drop to get, yeah, maybe a couple of awkward stories at the boys there. Uh, exactly, yeah, exactly, so. Well, very good. Well, we're, um, me and Paul's meant to be coming to hospitality soon. Yeah. Okay. Can't wait. Yeah. You might not want to because I've been to hospitality eight times now and I've never seen Dundee win when I've been at hospitality. I'm a jinx. I've never been once. Well, who, when, when are you coming? I think we're going to come the 2nd of January against Abruf. Oh right, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Hopefully, <laughs> we'll, we'll bring. We'll, we'll, we'll hopefully we'll we'll be on this um, twelve game unbeaten run by then, and yeah. top of the league, and we'll, we'll absolutely uh, cruise it. That's what we're hoping anyway. Either that, or, <laughs> either that, or I come along and we'll absolutely shatter that record and get get humped. <laughs> <laughs> See, well, it's amazing how the people will say I've been to hospitality five times I've never seen Dundee win it, it seems to be I don't know but yeah, they've probably, they've probably not seen it because they've been pushed <laughs> like me that's probably what I'll, I'll not see Dundee beat our broth because I'll be absolutely blittered <laughs> I was always got at the last hospitality I was at Stuart because well you mentioned all the things that you do there for the, the match sponsors and all that but we were the only the first group of people back in the boardroom since the COVID yeah. so it was kind of kind of stripped back a wee bit like you want to get in as much as you want to get in on the picture that so and also, yeah. I think we got we got beat two one from Ross Company. That was one 0 up Dundee, and, right. and we just absolutely like just collapsed as that whole season went. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
but uh, I was pretty good when I never got it uh, all that. But it was still good being in the actual boardroom and you know getting your meal and and everything like that. That's one thing that we missed was uh, yourself coming in and um, meeting everybody and even players coming in to hand them the, the man of the match award and can all that. Total, totally missed all that, but that was part of the time, wasn't it? Absolutely, but you know what? It's good that the, the, the fans get the chance to, um, to to meet the players and, and have a chat to them. And, and as I say, I mean, I've been at Dens for 12 years and there's probably only one person I've really not got on with out, out of... And you think how many players we've had over the years. I mean, even to the extent... Of, Christ almighty, it must have been about four years ago. I was um, killing some time waiting on a train in Edinburgh and I was standing in the Christmas market and I seen this guy and I thought, he used to play for Dundee. And I've interviewed him in the lounges a couple of times and I stared at this boy and I recognised him and I thought, who's that? Who's that? But because we've had so many players over the last maybe eight, eight seasons, I mean, there was times when we were getting rid of five or six, seven players and bringing in five or six, seven players at every window. And eventually I, I had to go back and look up the squad and it was Rory Loy. And... Um, I, I just, I just, I knew, I knew him, but I, I just, uh, you know what I mean. Whereas now we've we've had a fairly settled squad now for three or four years, and you get to know all the guys because they're, they're normally injured, they sit up in the stand with us, and um, and they're all they're all nice guys, and it's good that the, the fans can see that as well. You know what I mean? It's uh, and and as I say, I mean when when you hear people saying, "Oh, the players don't care because we got beat," or we draw a game and everybody's throwing their toys out the pram and saying these players don't care. Trust mm-hmm. me, trust me, they do. Because I, I see them at the end of the game and I speak to them and like the the, the difference when they win and the difference when they lose when they're leaving. Like you know, the heads are mm-hmm. down and they're mm-hmm. you know, it's it's they they, they do care. Trust me, they do mm-hmm. care. I'm sure Jockey mentioned that at the events night. He was like, the squad of players they are desperate to get promoted. It was either him or Archie. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. one, of, one of the two of them. And I was kind of sat there like, fucking right. And But you know what? It was good that we seen it yesterday. I mean, you seen the passion yesterday. I think Cami scored the mm. goal. Although I, I was disappointed he didn't kiss the badge this time. He was too uh, busy. Uh, he was too busy, did I? Yeah, <laughs> he didn't know what to do. I watched the back today and um, Cami was... Uh, a, a, a celebration right in front of the fans and all the stuff he did, you know, it was just, it was great to see. And, and it wasn't just him, it was all the players. And mm-hmm. then you've seen Boyer's passion at the end as well. Uh, sorry, the gaffer's passion at the end as well. He was just absolutely made up. And it's, it's, yeah. it's good to see because we all want Dundee to do well. And I just think sometimes the, the worst thing about social media is when you see fans and the, we draw a couple of games. I mean, there's Rangers today, right? Rangers play St. Johnston. Rangers of budgets probably about sixty or seventy million. St Johnson's probably about forty-two pound twenty-three, and Rangers get beat from them. Now, everybody's like, if you're a, the, one of the supposed biggest teams in the league, and you don't win, I mean that's football. I mean if if, if the big team won every time, none of us would watch it because mm-hmm. it would be too predictable. And then there's St Johnston going beat Rangers. United were uh, almost took a point off of Celtic yesterday at Parkhead. Um, and, and we're playing teams who, whose budgets are maybe not that far behind what ours is. And when we when we draw a game or we we'll lose a game, that's what happens in football. And, and, mm-hmm. and every year that we've been in this league, we've always struggled. And so has every team. Probably you could count on one hand the amount of teams that have absolutely squished the league from 
from the start right to the finish. Maybe Hearts did it. I think United, they kind of did it. Um, I think St Mern did it without, not this time, but the time before. But it, it, it's always a tough league and it normally sorts itself out about January, February, and that's when the, the, the better teams kick on usually. And, and I still think we'll I still think we'll win the league. I do I think we'll win the league and, and we just need to all get together and just calm it down a wee bit because it just gets some of the stuff you read is just oh Jesus. Yeah. Uh, social media can just go mental sometimes, eh? Um uh, I used to be guilty of that when I was younger. Just tweet what I was thinking at the time and then ten minutes later think, Oh my god, I've put that out there. Um again, <laughs> it's uh, it's one of those things, isn't delete it? Delete your tweets now. Nah. I mean, people are just being passionate about their club and they're disappointed because mm-hmm. they've lost. Yeah. And it goes back to what we're talking about about the players and 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 everybody else. When we lose, everybody's miserable, and sometimes you do react. I mean, as I said to you at the start, I mean, if if we'd have lost that game yesterday, three 0 or four 0 I mean, how could you not be angry if you had a if you had a second half performance the same as the first half performance? How could you not be annoyed? And I can understand that, but we've got to balance it all out. And we, the second half performance was fantastic. We'd have played like that for 90 minutes yesterday. We'd have beaten them 7 or 8 now. And, and that's what you've got to take away from that, mm-hmm. you know. Perf. And Max Anderson, I mean, the, the, Max has been chomping to get back in the team. And with a performance like that, he had two assists yesterday. I mean, he absolutely ran the show in midfield when he came on the second half. He just changed the tempo of the game. He was everywhere. He was in defence. He was... Up front, he was taking short passes. He was running everywhere, and he just changed the tempo of the game. I mean, obviously, Rudden and uh, Robinson made a big difference when they came on, but I just think that they pulled everybody with them yesterday, those three players that came on. And the the players who were maybe struggling a wee bit, they upped their game as well. And it was just just a brilliant half of football yesterday. It was great. The players must have heard what Ian McCall did to Simon Steinrod's shoes at the event, (laughs) thought, this is for Steinrod's shoes. <laughs> and that was probably one of the best things as well. Uh, I believe McCall refused to give an interview at the end of the game as well. Um, uh, somebody said that. So yeah, so he must have been absolutely gutted. So it was, it was quite yeah. funny. I have heard part some interviews that he's done with other people, and I think you could tell he is gutted. And but he wasn't hiding yeah. behind. I think he was just basically saying it wasn't a foul on the keeper again, and stupid sending off and. Uh, yeah. Okay, it's uh, sometimes I wish that there was tears involved with him. Just, <laughs> but there wasn't. It. I was actually disappointed he was being okay with the interview. <laughs> we, we were talking about this at the table yesterday. I mean, you've got in that league, you've got three teams that have got extra D goalkeepers. You've got Mitch that was playing yesterday for Partick. You've got Kyle Gourley at Cove, and you've got uh, Grant Ferry at Queens Park. But the managers in the league are almost like a who's who of most hated Dundee. Yep. You know, you've got Billy Dodds, Ian McCall, you've got um, Owen Coyle, Dougie Emery, you've got John Rankin. And, um, and Mark McIntyre. And Mark McIntyre, I can't forget him. Um, you know I mean? It's like, regardless who we're playing, we, we generally, I mean, we welcome break next week because race manager, we've not got any reason to hate, hate him yet. So, uh, was yeah. he no at United Youth? At one point, Hank. 
I was just clutching a straw here. I will just make some He's an asshole. But Stuart, thanks very much for coming on, mate. It's been absolutely a pleasure um, oh. hear about like what you do and um, like some stories and all that. It's been an absolute pleasure. It was great to get to know you as well at the managers event. Yeah, um, yeah totally, totally. Yeah, and, and thanks like, for your support, honestly. Thanks for your support, honestly. But I went. No bother at all, and I'll see you on uh, the second of January, if not before. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, hopefully, <coughs> get us in for the fifty-fifty. <clears throat> <laughs> thanks, Stuart, for coming on, mate. Cheers. Thanks again, Stuart, for coming on, and me and Paul will now crack on with the Partick review. Now, Paul, for a wee while, as uh, Stuart touched on, it was going to look like this was going to be a pod that me and you were going to be moaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, just moaning, to be honest. Venting, but... raging, throwing cans about. <laughs> <laughs> also for you to be empty cans, because you're not throwing a full tin. <laughs> Certainly not. No. At least not but... whatnot. <laughs> but, we've done it. We've turned it around. Too right we did. Un- it's been unlike Dundee this season, mm. but we came out the second half a totally different team and we smashed Partick. That's exactly it. Full stop. Finite. Finite. End. Fin. Whatever. Absolutely smashed them. It was worrying though. It was. I mean, when you're... Half time. Fucking heck. Well, Partick in the last like four games have conceded like 86 goals. Mm. And then we rock up to Fur Hill and at half time you get getting beat 2 0 and your initial thought is this is Dundee down to a T. Correct. Absolutely Correct. down to a T. But substitutions were made, boys came on, gave us extra energy in the middle of the park and up front, and we made the comeback, mate. We totally made the changed, comeback. Totally changed the game. I mean for me, like if you look at it you know, across the football, you know, Scotland and England, this was the weekend of great comebacks. I mean, obviously, the Dundee comeback, brilliant. Leeds against Bournemouth and obviously the Settler game. Boom, boom. <laughs> well, it was so. I mean, yeah. have a look. But <laughs> anyway, but I mean, the first the first half, fucking hell. I mean, I stupidly highlighted last week's podcast, that boy Mel. Mm-hmm. And he scores the first two goals. Yep. I mean, he looks a player like good second goal, mm. well t- well taken. Obviously, mm. Dundee could have done better, but well taken for him. Um, the first one, bit of deflection. Yeah, I thought he had, I thought he ripped French apart. To be fair, mm-hmm. just did a wee step over and then a wee just a quick nudge. And at, at, at first view, I thought he dinked it into the top bin. Mm-hmm. But then I think it's took a deflection either off either French or McGee, one of them two. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you were kind of like, uh-oh. Um, and I mean, then the second goal, just again, another wee dinking at the box. Mullen beats Sweeney. Um, I don't think anybody followed Mullen in and he just slots at home. But you were kind of like, shite. Like you says, you were thinking, oh, <laughs> oh Patrick conceding 80, 86 goals. <laughs> oh, fucking grumble them. But obviously not. And you, then you went in at time just thinking, fuck this. <laughs> Aye. Changes were made. Mm. Boy, like you say, just spoke there. Anderson. I, everybody will have the same opinion of Definitely. what what a game. What a game. 
And he certainly, certainly uh, put yourself in the firing line for being in the starting living next week. Got to be. I mean, obviously, half time, I mean, Boyers came out and says that he wasn't like, you know, the Fergie hairdryer treatment. You know, it was just, they had a, obviously, they had a chat. Well, you never, it might have been, you never know. <laughs> but then obviously, Cammy came out and in his interview saying, look, we weren't balling a shout and we're, you know, we're, We've got the belief in ourselves, you know. We've got that, you know, that team spirit and whatnot. But I mean, yeah, off went. Who was it? Ose, McCowan, and Mulligan. Mulligan, mm-hmm. he was on a booking, stupid booking as well. Yeah, six minutes so, in. Stupid booking. Like, it was in the middle of the park. The boy was just on a wee run. He didn't hear take him down. There was, I don't think there was any danger. But then, then it was kind of, you were thinking he was walking a tightrope a wee bit. You know, thinking mm-hmm. next tackle. Every time he went for a fifty-fifty, I was like, ah, oh, shit, he's going off. But then, obviously, they three went off. Then Anderson, Rudden, uh, Rudden and Robinson came on, changed to a 3-5-2, went with McGee, uh, slotted into the back three uh, with Ashcroft and Sweeney, and then Kerr and French as the wing-backs. And what a fucking difference. <laughs> what a difference. I know. As soon as we got that that first goal back, you mm-hmm. kind of thought to yourself, aye, we can get, we can get level terms here. And also got level terms... They go a man down because Muirhead flings his arms up to Cammy Kerr, the elbow, and um, he's off. Stupid. Like, absolutely stupid. You'd be livid unless you're the boy that had done that vlog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's touch on that for a minute. Oh, wow. The worst. Don't even, des- don't even know who he is. <laughs> the worst decision he's ever seen. Come on, mate. Come on, eh? When's he, when did he start watching football at three o'clock that day? <laughs> me and Paul, me and Paul can waffle on at the best of times, but I didn't think even us would have had that done as the worst decision uh, oh, ever made. You see, take, it, oh, he needs to take his face for a shite. <laughs> see it clear as day, clear as day. Mm. And what was the the foul on the keeper? I think that did he not say that was the worst decision he'd ever seen? Oh, sorry, that yes, sorry, that's what I mean. E- yeah. Either way, like, well, to be fair, when I seen it live. I thought it was a foul on the keeper. But then after seeing replays, I don't know what Mitchell's playing at. Mm-hmm. It was like, never when he played for Dundee and he caught the ball and he took it into the net and then he came back out the net. Yeah, I guess not well. That's what, like, that was kind of like what he was doing. He was just flapping. He was just flapping. And fair play to Robinson, you just got in there and you got the touch to get it into the net and that was it. And then you kind of, like you said, you kind of felt, mm-hmm. here, wait a minute, there's a wee shift here, you know? Yeah. And, Dundee, they were just starting to pass the ball about. They were starting to pass it about. And like you said, Anderson, that link up between midfield Anderson and the strikers, it made the difference. Like He was playing like a man possessed at times. I was watching him just like, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was just brilliant. It's a performance that's been missing for him mm. this season. Yep. And like you say, he's found time hard to come by on the pitch. And he's took it. I think he's grabbed it for both hands. And he's for me, he should be playing come Saturday. But this is that. Yeah. Yep. This is this is what um, boys that have been kind of obviously starters for Dundee and they found themselves on the fringes. This is them. If they're getting the chance to come on, they've got to take it. They've got to take. It. They've got to show that what we all know they can do. Yeah. What they've not been doing, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And because we, we need it now, we, we absolutely need it now. Because like you say, this. This league's like mental. It's absolutely mental. Um, one minute we were seventh in the league, and now look at us now, what fourth? Same points as second, third, I think. 
yeah. It's, we're joint, yeah. joint second with three other teams, Morton, Wraith and Inverness, and there's six goals mm-hmm. splitting them up. Do you know what I mean? It's just, yeah, we say it all the time. It is absolutely bonkers, like bonkers. But, I mean, I'm sure we t- maybe touched on it a few, good few episodes ago when Anderson, he was starting, but he wasn't playing that great. And then we kind of suggested maybe he needs a spell out of the first team. And, I mean, he's had that, but he's came back in. And what a difference. Like you mm-hmm. said, like you just said there, um, we know the player that he is and see that there on Saturday. It, it, see, for me, he was man of the match. Mm-hmm. Two assists. He's assist for the, the third goal. I don't know how he's picked Kami Kerr out. I generally don't. See, when I watch it, he's took like a tiny wee glance and he's just pure zinged the ball across the box. Pinpoint. Absolutely lovely. A lovely ball. Wee daisy cutter. <laughs> Love it. And then fair play for Kami for knocking it first time. I know it's oh. took a wee bit of a deflection, I think, isn't it? Going in, uh, but nothing. Uh, of course I did, but <laughs> the fuck, man. He stuck it away, slotted at home, and mm-hmm. celebrated like, oh, God knows what. Like you're saying, with, with Stuart there, he was, you should say, you know, kissing the badge, but he was certainly grabbing it. He didn't know what he was doing. He was just giving it a laldy. <laughs> I was just fourth of the season. Fourth goal of the season, Kami Kerr. He'll be on some goal bonus, that boy. <laughs> but he needs it with other testimonial events he's probably got this year. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. Um, obviously, we missed out on the, the Sweeney goal, the, the second Sweeney goal. Aye, Sweeney. Um, hmm. He done well there. Big Stromash well. in the box. Yep. And when there's a Stromash, all you need is one boy there to stay strong. Keep yourself up and knock the ban. And he done it. He did. But you know what's funny? See, watching back the replay, I didn't realise that Zach Robinson tried like a pure super-duper overhead kick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pure fluffed it, but so what? But it helped the ball get into the... Like, Sweeney just kind of came out of nowhere, and I was like, oh, thank you very much. <laughs> and then it was like he took like two bites of the cherry to get it into the net, and eventually did. And then, like I said, that Aaron Muirhead, I don't know what he was... <sighs> Obviously, Cammy's wanting to get the ball back. Like, come on, it's too old. Let's fucking... Let's get this win here. And then... Mm-hmm. He literally sees red and just goes, "Had that?" Yeah. Cammy, Cammy just collapses on the deck like a folded chair. You know, no wonder he got sent off. Oh, I'm amazed can... that it was a second booking. Should have probably just been a straight red. Hey I mean, I can understand why he got sent off. Like, he's a defender. He's seeing his team like lose the the lead and another listen losing goals again. He's they're, they're leaking goals, hemorrhaging goals, and. I mean, it's also frustration. <laughs> it's, it's also just clear frustration. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like you say, it worked out well for us, to be honest. And the more frustrated they got, the better. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, for me, like, I always worry when Dundee go, you know, a team that Dundee's playing go 10, go down to 10 men. I always kind of worry because I don't really think Dundee at times are able to kind of control that. But see, watching that, Dundee were well in control. Dundee could have had another couple of once after they got the third. Mm-hmm. You know, that yeah. could have been that, that could have been fucking four or five. I mean, so what? It was three two. It was three yeah. points for Dundee, and Ian McCall was crying into uh, Simon Stenrod's shoes. <laughs> Makes a change for shitting in them. That does make a change, Jobby McCall. 
<laughs> um, to be fair to him, in his, in his interview after his post-match, he was kind of, I mean, he was, I don't know what the word, probably, probably deflated, you know, mm-hmm. but he was holding his hand up going, look, pff, it was it was never a foul on the keeper, it was definite goal, you know, we got things wrong, you know, the red card, and, and he was honest, but he looked like a man that was just devoid of, like, confidence or any kind of um like he didn't have a he's not got a plan to get mm-hmm. him out of this rut and he looked completely dejected like excellent <laughs> it's, it's a pity because i was hoping that there'd be somebody that had tears in their interview for Fissel. oh well there was one of them oh oh okay something i've missed big harry Milne. Billy ah. big bollocks you know like i said um Obviously, he scored a couple of goals. Um, but see, watching him during the game, he was a diving with shite. And <laughs> it really annoys me. And, and I hate seeing it, right? Where it's a fullback going against the winger. And then the fullback gets the ball and sees the The fullback could proceed up the pitch. But if the winger just grazes past him, goes down and gets a free kick. And he kept doing it. And he did it a couple of times, right? But see him going from happy as anything with two goals to then be in a diving shite, to then crying in the post-match interview was glorious. was absolutely glorious. I think I lost count of many times he said, disappointed. <laughs> ah, the team's disappointed. <laughs> he must have said it about five or six times. It was glory. Honestly, <laughs> absolutely and utter glory. Oof, that, that fucking accent, man. <laughs> that fucking accent, man. Come on, pop it up on Pornhub. The views will be on it. Oh, big style, man. It's brilliant. <laughs> I'll retweet it. Honestly, I'll, I'll retweet it, mate. It's, it's, it's great. You can see I'm pure de- dejected. <laughs> Excellent. Inject it. Let's speak about Sweeney and Kerr for a moment. Both mm. of them came to the, the events too. I kind of like, never took any blame at all and said that you criticised them. Obviously, um, but we we spoke to them upstairs. Mm. Um, like like to think, like to think that we had a we uh, a we play in both of them goals, Paul. Even though we weren't at the game, I like to think we were there. They were thinking, oh, them two boys, date for them. How do we want to be them? Yeah, let's get up there. Let's uh, let's uh, knock in a couple of goals. And by God, did did that? I don't think they did it for us. I know they did it for us. Mm-hmm. And I know they did it because of us. <laughs> now again at the the venue, like it was kind of just like, all right, Kami, I'm Paul, mm-hmm. and then go to shake Sweeney's hand. He's like, all right, I'm Ryan. I'm like, I know. <laughs> it was just like, ah, again, it was just surreal. I mean, he's mm-hmm. a 35 year old guy, and he's feel like, oh my god, man, <laughs> these, these guys play for Dundee, man. <laughs> but um, yeah, just a coincidence that the pair of them were at the events doing the score goals on the, the Saturday. Hmm. Somebody said to us they were upstairs with the players when I kind of made that comment about oh, Paul slagging you on the on the podcast. What's all that about? And um, Cami oh, was yeah. laughing, and uh, Sweeney turned around to the person and was like, "What they? What's he on about?" And he was like, "Ah, oh, they're just going on about slagging you on a podcast," and you just get kind of start laughing to yourself. Oh, great. Watch this. He'll be the guy for hospitality. <laughs> He'll be the player that gets brought in. Him and Jordan Marshall. Him and Jordan Marshall, me in between them. All right. 
<laughs> Both of them have got us in a headlock. <laughs> I'd pay to see that. <laughs> Sankit quite sadistic about that. Is this are they fetish, is it? Yeah, that's a that's a different podcast, Danny. Come on, eh? <laughs> Bairns listen uh, to this. <laughs> but moving past that, no, but it was good to see them. Um especially Sweeney. We've never really well, we're only joking when we say that. We've never really properly criticised like Sweeney. There's always been like he's not got confidence, he's playing without confidence. There's a couple of mistakes that he's made, he's crossed goals, it's like maybe he should be on the sideline a wee bit. Mm-hmm. Um get somebody else in because he looks like he's he's no go like like he, if he makes a mistake that's him. Like yeah. but he's 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 pulling it together to me. He's pull he's pulling it together. See with the changes at half time and it went to Sweeney, Ashcroft, McGee. Mm-hmm. See that for me as a back three. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Because again, McGee in, in the middle of the park, we, we say it every week. It, I mean, he does his best. He does what he can, but it's, he's no effective. But see when he went back into the three, mm-hmm. I can't mind Partick like, having any chance in the second half. Yeah. There was nothing. There was nothing. And that, see that three at the back? We just need that, like, for the start. You know, I didn't yeah. want to be, we didn't want to be chasing games. No. And like, like what uh, Stuart was saying, that if we play that way in the second half, you know, for the first minute goal, we could give teams, you know, six and seven. And I've said that, I mean, my old boy said that we're due somebody to do it. I agree with him. Mm-hmm. And we'll no, we, did, we did kind of do it there, if you know what I mean. But um, hopefully this guy's boyer scope on what his good start in the living is you know, what works, what gets some tick in who, who gets some tick in the substitutions that came on mm-hmm. boys there should be actually playing I mean, so there's boys on the bench that are getting a look in um, for reasons God knows what who I feel should be in the in the team but I don't think there's any chance of them coming back in uh, but we're not going to into the rumour mill of that we're not going to go into that but hopefully for the players that end of the game I've shown him they should be playing this is your starting 11 this is the boys that should be playing beside each other this is McGee in defence I've won fine at half time it was a case of this could just turn into an absolute nightmare for Dundee mm-hmm. and now it's looking at you know what look at this comeback that we did regardless if they went down to 10 men or even like we knocked that goal in to go 2 all, we were going on to win that game regardless if Muirhead was on the pitch or no they were 100%. crumbling and they weren't crumbling because of themselves, they were crumbling because Dundee made them crumble. Honestly, we can all be critics of the team. And, I mean, next week, <laughs> depending on the result, me and Paul can come out moaning and again all that. But right now, at this moment, is the time to hopefully, like, say, this team's ready to kick on. The players that, that the players have showed that they've got the, the guts for this now, they've got the bottle. Fans always back them. There's no disrespect to any fans at all. We'll always back them, but let's keep backing them. Let's back them a little bit extra more. Let's, they've got the three home games coming up, three big home games, especially next week, which we'll go into in a second. It's against a rival team at the top. We need, we need to show we're backing from the start. Let's go on Nabies' backs, Nabu's, if passes go awry, let's get out there. Let's show the team that they've shown us they've got the guts for it. Let's just keep them going. Let's keep motivating them. There we go. Uh, Boom. Boom. Passes go awry. I don't know. I think I just started making up words there for a minute. Passes go awry. 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 Passes go awry.
has to go astray. Got you. That's it, yeah. <laughs> Let's make the passes go awry. I like that. But yeah, I, I, I said it. I put a tweet out on Dundee's page, and I personally think this is the turning point uh, for the season. I've mentioned that you know things need to click. That second half performance there. That's that's what we're after, and that's what the team should be aiming for themselves. You know, and I'll stand by what I said. You know, this is the turning point of the season, and it was echoed throughout various other parts of the media. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it should be. Um, mm-hmm. Oya spoke about a few weeks ago about a shift in attitude, and I, I think personally it showed there. Um, but just like it says, we, we kind of give teams that start. We just need to fucking, right from the word go, boom, had that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like you says, well, there's I mean, three home games, but what is it? Wraith and Hamilton, and then we've got Airdrie in the cup. So mm-hmm. let's fucking do it. Sorry, I'm, I'm, swearing, I'm swearing a lot of this. Really sorry. Maybe swearing for Mister Spot anyway, so don't worry about it, mate. No, just kind of noticed it there, but yeah, <laughs> Wraith, Wraith next. I'm definitely going like 100. percent I'll be in the yeah. way, like. So I mean, Wraith are doing nil too bad just now, getting the wins in, and they are sitting. What is it? They're sitting fifth in the league. Well, they're same yeah. as same points same as, as us, but they're above us by uh, two goals. I think it is. <laughs> One goal. One goal. But Ian Murray, he's uh, he's done he's done some job with them, like yeah, because they were starting slow and they were languishing around the bottom. But four match unbeaten run, three wins and a draw. Now they're like I said, same points as us. He's doing really well, like I said about two, three pods ago. I'm not too worried about ref. Can I think we're looking at teams above us, ref or below us. Now kind of looking well. It just shows you how mental this league is and how you shouldn't uh, totally just like disregard anybody because look at them now. And even though I'm not too sure they'll make it up there, but even look at Lexi Cove, a couple of wins. And they have a couple of wins again at Wafi being level with us, like right. obviously. Again, mm. it's it's just it's mental, but yeah, it's, a, it's a huge game against Rafe. And the one thing about this Rafe team is they either win or get beaten. Mm. Like there's one, one draw they've got last season. Yep. So it's one of those that you expect it to go either way. They aren't conceding a lot of goals either, so it's going to be a tough task, but we're scoring a lot of goals. So it's one that I don't think anybody can look at this and think we're going to we're going to pump them or that. I also think we're going to go into this game after my big motivational speech there, thinking mm-hmm. like, let's get, can, we, we, we want to win it. Let's can, like you say, let's show the, the players that how much this means, and they're kind of anyway. But it is, it's it's a, it's a really tough game, and we need the players to be playing. Just continue the way they ended the ninety minutes there, and just keep continuing it for the first minute onwards. And we yep. should we should hear enough. We should be better, uh, no better, but we should have more than enough. To, to get the victory, but it will be a tough, a tough task to get that victory. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think, I think we'll obviously still got the dark blue tinted sunglasses on, but I think we should have enough to beat them. But there is mm-hmm. a couple of players on that team that I need that we need to watch. I'm not going to mention them because whenever I mention players, they'll probably score or something. Mm-hmm. But I'm just going to say there's a couple of boys that have been in amongst the goals recently that we need to nullify. That's about it. <laughs> Aye, that's it. They'll Ken, they'll Ken, boy, I'll Ken for yourself. What's, what's there? What he's got to do? And it's just, um, let's just set the team out to do 
what has to be done. <laughs> um, it's going to be a nervy one, definitely a nervy one. Like I say, I can't even write off any team in this league unless Hamilton, unless you're Hamilton. That's the only team I write off. Um, the rest of them, I've all got something about them, I think, that they'll get points off somebody. And this Rafe team certainly can't get points off uh, teams, other teams, uh, totally going against what I said a couple of weeks ago. Be a tough in, but it is, it's coming to the point now that we need to get on a good runner. A, uh, Good run of wins. I know we're five on five on beating, is it? Yeah, five on beating. Yeah, yep. Only two wins, so yeah. So, but I'll, I'll take that undefeated like streak. I'll take it. But you know, you're looking at the the draws, thinking got a day better there, got a day better there. Obviously, some factors in the Queen's Park game was illnesses. Like, it doesn't help Robson going off and being sick on the bench and all that. But mm. let's just hit a run of form. Let's let's do it because let's get into the the January windy, beating teams round us. That's one thing that's that's one thing up until Partick's really that we've not really done is beat teams round us. I think them and there are the two off the top of my head that we've we've only done it against. See but, be honest, man, everybody's around us just eh, eh. <laughs> I'm just looking at the league kinda on top, eh, but there's um, it's yeah, it's one of those weeks that if you get beat <laughs> you're down to seventh, you win, you could be joint top. Correct. Madness, madness, Mad, absolutely madness. They call it madness. That's it. Yep. And it, and it's fourteen games into the season. Normally, this is kind of settling itself out by now, like relegation candidates and people going for the league and playoffs. Mm-hmm. But it's just basically like Arbroath and Hamilton at the bottom. We potentially cove if like they lose a couple of games, and then after that, everybody else could be potentially looking at going top. Of, like going second. It's ah. Uh, I know, I know, but that's it. Riff game. Let's let's do it. Let's fucking do it. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> Absolutely smash them. I say it every week, but hit them first tackle, first minute, boom. Let them know you're there and just fucking rattle them, eh? <laughs> but before we end the podcast, we'll look. We'll dive into the D archive. So we'll start <laughs> off on the seventh. Obviously, this is the seventh today. 1981, this is from the older lot, which a few people came up to me and says, I'm enjoying your archive, especially the older lot comments that you make. So um, <laughs> glad to see nobody's taking offence to that. We beat Patrick in 1981, a Peter Mackey double. Paul, before me and your time. Yep. Well before. On the, it was quite slim pickings again this week for stuff, because also it gets into November, there's no sign-ins, there's again, nobody signs people in November, like ever. So um, there's not a lot of that. But the 8th of November, 2-1 against Motherwell, 1980, Jim Shearer and Ian Ferguson both scored penalties to get the victory. So if anybody remembers that, well done, you're old. Fair play. <laughs> <laughs> we did actually have a signing on the 9th. It, <laughs> on the 9th of November, and it was a player that was brought up in the events. Um, Alan Denny signed for Dundee in 1989. So, That'll do. Yep. Uh, the 10th, we beat Cove 3-0, so it was Covid years, so we're still in the League Cup sections at this time mm. because of the late start. McEwen, Mullen, oh Mullen, company's years at Dundee fans, that went well for you, didn't it? Yeah. Ayers. <laughs> and a, right, and a, and a Charlie Adam penalty. The 11th of November, Nick Ross only turns 31. What? Yeah. He's been a bit for ages as well. He has been, I quite liked him actually. He's definitely got like a dodgy Nigerian passport or something. If he's getting <laughs> <laughs> Right, 
<laughs> but Dortmund for November as well. We beat United two 0 at Tannadice, Kanija and Mzadzi. Which most people remember, and to be honest, it's probably one of the last times we won at Tannadice. I was there. <laughs> Never forget that. Cracking game. Absolutely. Yeah. Wally Fo- Wally Faulkner setting up Kanija, who would have thought? And then Nimzadzi having the audacity to chip our current goalkeeping coach from where he was from like how far out he was as just well. Inside uh, the box, he just dinked it. Yeah. Alan will say he got a touch that, but nah. Nah. <laughs> Not even close. Nope. 12th, the 12th of November. I've mentioned about people no sign in November. I've actually got two people who signed in 2018 in November, and also it's both of their birthdays. Hmm. Josh Josh Mulligan and Finlay Robertson both signed on the same day, and both have got the same birthdays. Fucking heck. So happy birthday, lads. Happy birthday, boys. And again, I've said that we didn't sign anybody. Here's another sign in. Like, I'm not actually like remembering what I'm putting down here. Um, <laughs> the 13th of November was signed Adam Legston's 2020. Bloody hell. But apart from that, most of the games that were played in when that time ended in defeat, so there's no point in speaking about them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just uh, let's just brush past that. Yeah. Well, here, but, by the way, going back to an earlier statement that Stuart was making about this league having a lot of. Uh, let's just say ex-Arab managers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I jokingly said Ian Murray was at United Youth. He was. Ah, so that's he, another one for the list. So he's an Arab bastard, I know. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he did make a comment at the start of the season. <clears throat> and and the, before, the, before a ball was even kicked, and it, I'll need to check what it was, but I was pretty sure it was something like Dundee other team that we're going, like, we're, we're going to have to aim to beat. Or there was something, and you just thought, well, it's, Came out in Awash, but yeah, oh, he's, past, he he's past he's uh, clubs leaning into his comments, is it? It's on his Wikipedia. Must be true then. One hundred percent. I just said it right there. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I'm sure well, I've heard that before, but yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. so let's get it right uh, round uh, Ian Murray on Saturday. Another one to add to the list. Correct. <laughs> but Paul, thank you very much for coming on again, and I like to say. Thank you for coming to that event and helping me out as well. You're always coming anyway, but oh, you're right. I was close to no bother. Like <laughs> I was close to pulling out. Nah, I'm joking. <laughs> nah, it was a fucking pleasure and thanking you for letting me. Nah, no problem. And thanks to Stephen Stewart from Events 105 for obviously getting us in uh, in tow with the event. Absolutely loved it. Absolutely top man. Loved it. Absolute top man. Top man. And thanks to this week's guest Stuart Brand again lovely stories that he's told and hopefully he does get us for the 50-50 when we are for hus- there for hospitality. <laughs> subtle hint, subtle hint. Um, wink, wink. Yeah. And uh, thanks again to Unicorn Cleaning Services for sponsoring the podcast. Um, I'm Danny Smith. That's Paul Gray. We'll speak to you next week. <laughs>